Welcome to the Home Run Club and the month where we celebrate and we give God glory for the freedoms that we have to do what we do. How grateful we are as we've gone through this COVID crisis, as we've gone through an incredible crisis related to the death of George Floyd and all the things that we've been through as a society, how grateful we are today for freedoms and how we grow together in that process of just understanding how blessed we are as people to have this freedom today to come together to talk to you again. Even the privilege of talking to you over this mic is a blessing from God. And so today, as we celebrate our freedoms, let's continue to grow as people in recognizing uh, all the blessings God has given us. And I hope during this month of July that happens in your personal life and in your family life. Today I'm going to be sharing with you a message that's very simple. It talks about finding your purpose and your value in the Lord. I'm going to ask you to take a moment and look at your own life and say, am I fulfilled by what people say, by what people do, or am I fulfilled by God's goodness to me? I'm discovering in my own life God is enough, period. When somebody says, are you good? I want to now respond, well, I'm God's, because I think being God's makes me good and covers a multitude of flaws even in my own life because I am God's child. And so today I pray as you listen to this, as you have this time, maybe as your family's listening to it together, maybe you're driving down the road, not sure where you are, but I pray the presence of the Lord will use this to encourage you in your walk with Him as I share this message live about making sure you find your purpose and your value in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hope you enjoy this message. The message today is very simple. I'm going to ask you where you are in your life, and I'm going to use this little glass to get it started. So if you haven't ever done this, uh, go home and do it today. I'm sure most of you have. But when you fill a glass up, say you got a pitcher and you're filling the glass up, right when you get to the very top, if you're looking away, and you, oh, oops, you almost overflowed it. If you get it perfect, the water will not only go to the edge, it'll go a little bit above it. There's a little brim. It kind of forms right across the top. Go home and do that if you haven't done that. It's a cool thing to see because it's brimming right over the top. There's a word for that. The word is perusian, and it is a Greek word. And the author, Paul, who wrote 13 of the 27 New Testament books, loved that word. He put it throughout his writings. And I want to show you a place he put it that's one of my favorite. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. But Philippians 4.12 says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. There's the word. There's the word that if you took the water and filled it right to the top and went just above it, that's what it means. So I want to ask you today, is that where you are? Like if I brought you up on stage and said, tell me about life, would you just be, oh, I am just brimming. I am right to the top, overflowing. Or, or would you say, I'm more at this place. Uh, so my daughter, Anna, forget the brimming a second. My daughter, Anna here, she has a car that leaks oil. It leaks so bad that I won't even let her park in a driveway or make her park out on the street. Because she loses about two or three quarts a day, it appears, when you look under the car. And her, her oil light in the car will go off and kind of beep when she is exactly one quart low. So when she goes down a quart, it kind of comes on, lets her nose a little. And today, is it possible, instead of brimming, instead of brimming, are you beeping? Like if I brought you up here, you'd say, man, I'm not doing so great in life. I'm struggling a bit. 
Uh, I feel a court low. My walk with the Lord isn't where I'd like it to be. You get to decide where you are today. You're either brimming or you're beeping or probably somewhere between. And today I want to talk to you about that. Because Paul, when he wrote this, he said, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. So in either place, Perusian, Greek word, right above, are beeping, God has said, I will give you the ability to be content right there. Now, I used to think that word content meant happy, loving it. This is my favorite place to be. But I've discovered that's not what it means. When you're a kid and, and you know, your mom says, are you content? What you're wanting to know is, are things the way I want them to be? That's not what content means. Content means... I'm accepting the spot that the Lord has me right now in life, believing this is best for my good. Paul wrote this in jail. Paul would not have been sitting there going, you know what? I have just been living my whole life to get to be in jail. That's not what he would have said. But he, cho he chose to say, in this spot, in jail, I am content believing this is where God wants me to be to make an impact and a difference for him. So today... I ask you the question, whether you are Perusian, you are overflowing, you are abundant, all that stuff, or you are down here, how are you in life? I find for me, when I'm up here, I generally am pretty content. I'm good. I've got everything going my way. But when I'm down here, I struggle more. Such is the case, as was true for me, if you go back six years ago, five years ago, uh, when I would come to preach here, when Pastor Doug first invited me to preach here, I would tell you that I was just getting by. I don't think I was content either. I was just struggling. And I was managing to what I call put one foot in front of the other. And I was getting through my day, but I wasn't doing it with an internal joy. I was doing it out of duty. And I think Having grown up in the church, I was taught that. You do not stop. You do not. And it's great. I'm glad my mom taught me those things. But I want to serve the Lord with a joyful heart. I want to serve Him no matter where I am with a joy and a contentment that comes from knowing and growing in Him. And today, that's what I want to talk to you about. You get to decide where I've presented so far, whether you're here or here. But I want to ask you today to consider several things in terms of moving from that place of being discontent to being content where the Lord has you. I learned three things that have really made an impact on my life, and those are the three things I want to share with you this morning. Uh, they're simple. They're things you've heard before. But based on the last two services, they seem to be connecting with the heart of all of us who are here today. And what I discovered about myself was I had some things out of whack. I'm a preacher. I love the Lord, serve Him, go wherever He wants me to go. And I had some things in my own life. I had the priorities wrong. I would, I would have said, my mom taught me, Jesus first, others next, yourself last. Got it. That's what joy is. I know that, but I was not living that way. I did not have a joyful life, and I think it's because I got some things out of order, and I want to show you what I mean. In order to have the abundant life, the Perusian life, the overflowing life, I believe there's a couple things you need to check. And here's the first one. Abundance, I believe, comes from finding your value and your purpose in being and doing what God called you to do. Everybody in here today has a value and a purpose put on your life given to you from God. And most of us... 
sadly, have sidetracked God's purpose for us by trying to make people happy. I want you to stop for just yourself for a moment in this room right now. How many of you would say, if you really looked at your life, don't raise your hand, but how many of you would look at your life and say, I do that. I try to make people happy. I try to appease someone. I try to make this person happy because in doing that, then I feel fulfilled. And I got to tell you, that's what happened to me in my life. I, when I first started preaching, I uh, was called to be a pastor, called to be a preacher. I'd never done that before. I was in accounting. And I remember my first couple of sermons, all of a sudden, people started telling me, man, you're a good preacher. You know where you should preach? And they started saying, you know where you should preach? You know what you should do? And I started buying it. I started going, yeah, I should. Yeah, I should preach as that. I should preach. I, I hear a lot of I in there. Because I started thinking, what should I, not what does God want me to do? What should I do? And I was listening to people. And then people, you know what you should preach about? You know what topic you need to preach on? You know what you should do next? You know what you, you know, you know, you know, you know. And I started listening to all that. And all of a sudden, I wouldn't say I was listening to God as much as I was trying to make people happy. I would go someplace to speak. And I would preach on the topic they asked me to preach on. But then I would need them to tell me, you did a really good job speaking on that topic. Or otherwise I felt like I'd failed. And I began to find my purpose and my value in how you responded to my sermons. So if you came up after that, it was really good. Oh, but if somebody came up and said, I got some things I want to question, then I struggled. And that's finding my value and my purpose in what people say. And I got to make sure in my life I find my value and my purpose in fulfilling what God called me to do. Then I shifted. I found that no longer did that make me happy. That didn't make me fulfilled. So I switched to my family. I, I changed it to them. I got, you know what? If I make Jane happy, if I make the kids happy, if I just serve them and they're just happy as larks and they say, you're the best in the world. If that happens, then I'll be good. And that worked great until our family had issues. And when our family had issues, then all of a sudden I thought, well, I guess I fell there too. I guess I'm not good enough with my family either. Look what happened. First of all, men's applause and women's applause failed, so I thought I was no good. Then my family's applause and all the things I found in that, that failed, and I thought I was no good. Because I was finding my purpose in the wrong spot. Some of you here today find your purpose in your job in terms of what people think of you. Not in terms of doing it to bring honor and glory to the name of the Lord. You do it because you want people to be happy with you. If you come home from work and your boss didn't say the right thing, you're down the rest of the day. Because your purpose and your value is found in people's words. Paul had to get to a place, think about his life, he had to get to a place where he realized Jesus is enough for me, period. And I want you to see this morning, I read through Genesis, the story of creation again. All through there, it says God created this, and he created that, and he created the earth, and he created the sun and the moon, and he created the stars, and he created plants, and he created the, the animals. And none of that says he created them in his image. But then it says, and God said, I'm going to create man in my image. You were made in God's image. You have value and purpose for that reason and that reason alone. And when you discover that and you begin to realize God has called me to do what he's called me to do, 
you will find value in your life. And I, I had those things out of whack. If my family wasn't doing well, I wasn't doing well because my purpose was found in them. This year on Father's Day, um, our family gathered together and I took time to tell my children, they said some nice things. Jane always does this nice thing where she, when she gets the family together, she'll say, okay, let's go over the things we appreciate about dad. And they said some wonderful things. And then I said to them, well, kids, I got to say something. Uh, I've had something out of whack for years here. And it hit me like a rock when our family struggled. I said to them, I love every one of you. You mean the world to me. I would die for you. I literally would die for my children if I could to help them. I said, but I got to fulfill the purpose that God put me for on this earth. And he called me to be a preacher. He called me to carry his word forth. I'm going to do that the rest of my life. I would love it if you children would come and join and be a part of this and, and go in this same theme and walk with the Lord. I will love it. But if you choose not to, that is not going to deter me from fulfilling the purpose and the value that God has for my life. Some of you today have lost your ump for the Lord because some circumstance in this life has distracted you from your full focus on Him. And I want to tell you, it's a little line I'm putting in the sermon here, that your children, life circumstances, they may refine you, but they should not define you. They can shape you a little bit. You can grow. You can get some edges on you that need to be rounded off a bit. But they ultimately do. My children's plans and future do not ultimately decide my purpose for God. My purpose for God was established by God himself. God has a purpose for each of my children. I don't need to try to manipulate and control all that. I can guide them and give them great direction, which is what I seek to do now. I tell my children, I'll give you guidance if you ask me. I'm not going to force it on you anymore. I've tried to control things too much. I release you into the Lord's hands. Go do what God called you to do. If you need me to cheer for you, if you need a little help from me, I am here. I am your man. But you fulfill your purpose because I've got to fulfill my purpose. And I want to say to all of you today, you have a purpose. If each one of us, just in this third service, could understand and get God's purpose for our life and then go and work and fulfill it, just what's in this room would reshape the Rockford area. Because it is a defining thing that verifies why you're on this earth. When I finish my life, I will not stand in line and give accountable to God and him and say, well, Dan, how'd your daughter do? No, he's going to say, Dan, how did you do? Not Dan, how'd your wife turn out? No, Jane's responsible for Jane. I got to help her and guide her and be the best husband I can be. She's responsible for her life. I will stand before God and give an accountability for my life. My purpose. Did I fulfill what God called me to be? And too often, I think we get mired down in trying to make everybody else happy. And we miss fulfilling the very calling of the one who put us in this earth to do the thing he called us to do. And I want to say you're at a church where finding your purpose um, is a wonderful thing. I speak at some places around the country, and I won't say names, but there would be places in churches I attend where helping people find their purpose is not part of that program or that church. They're there to fulfill their calling and that kind of thing, but they don't help people get those next steps. You're at a church through a missions trip 
through a program that's involved. It, lots of things you can get involved with here. Get involved with them so you can find the purpose God put you on this earth. And never underestimate what that purpose is. Too often we rank purposes. Let's remember we're all a big piece of the pie. I can't do what many of you can do. Fulfill the purpose God called you for and you will find that you will become valuable because God put that in you, not because you need to get this from people. It's a big deal. So first of all today, I would just say to you, if you want to be a person whose life is fulfilled, you feel like you're brimming over the top, no matter your circumstance, no matter your situation, you can have that sense that I'm doing what I'm called to do to the utmost as you find your purpose in what God called you to do. A second thing that I thought about as I look back at my life over the last five years in terms of the step to abundance is this. The creator of the universe wants time with you. Give it to him. We don't really get this, I think, sometimes because we just live in our everyday world and you guys leave in Rockford, such a beautiful town and beautiful place. The trees just pulling off the highway coming in here. It's just beautiful. The creator who made all that, the God who made all that, loves you and wants time with you. Give it to him. Talk to him. Share life with him. We're not good at that. We're good at checking the box of making sure we do the things we need to do. For example, Sunday morning, here I am, check it off. I went to church. Later on, do my devotions, check it off. I did it. Bible reading, check it off. It almost becomes duty. It almost becomes something we feel we have to do. We feel guilty if we don't do it. And certainly it's a wonderful thing. Spending time with God through doing those things, checking the boxes is a wonderful thing. But here's what we do. We limit where God can spend time with us. But God doesn't limit where we can spend time with him. You guys can leave here today and actually have your most beautiful experience with God today after you exit those doors and you're out there in everyday life. You stop at Bigby, have your best time with the Lord. Because God's not looking for you just to spend time with him in here. He's looking for you to spend time with him all the time. He wants your time. He wants you hanging out with him. He wants you to invite you in to every part of your day. Invite him to be a part of that. I was riding my motorcycle. I was sharing that. I ride my motorcycle a good bit, and I was riding the other day up to Grand Haven. And as I'm riding to Grand Haven, going up 31, I started just singing, and I started singing a Randy Travis song. And it just came to my mind. It was Blessed Assurance, the song my mom really liked. And he sings that, you know, only like Randy can. And he hangs on to all the words really long. And I'm singing it. I'm riding the car. And I got my hand up. I'm singing Blessed Assurance. He hangs on to it a long time. And I'm singing like that. And there's cars passing me. They're waving at me, thinking I'm waving at them. I'm not waving, bro. I'm singing blessed assurance. I have to lift my little visor up and yell it, and then they keep going. I'm at the stop sign singing like crazy, and it just hit me. My goodness, I'm on my motorcycle riding up 31, hanging out with Jesus. All the time, he wants you hanging out with him. You say, but Dan, sometimes I have a really bad attitude. Perfect time to invite him to hang out. When the car cuts you off, ask him to sit beside you. Need a little help with that. And I think too often we put God in a box. And let me even further that. We put God in a church box. And we say, God, uh, I'm going to go into church and I speak to him while I'm there because then I'm going to go out. And we even refer to that. We'll say, well, come in here and get fed so you go out there. Wonderful. It's true. But you know what? 
Pastor Doug and I are going to do our best to preach rocking sermons for you, but you can spend time with him yourself. That's the best. Our favorite is when you come in here already juiced up because then you encourage us to keep doing what we're doing. And I want to tell you that you can spend time with him all the time. It's, even as I put this message together, I'm like, good grief, they know this. Yeah, but we just don't do it. We hem him in. We don't allow him to be with us all the time. And I want to speak specifically to a group of people I'm really concerned about. This has been heavy on my heart for the last couple of weeks. I haven't shared this publicly other than today. I'm watching a group of people right now who the culture out here is doing something too. I, I think it's subtle. It's real subtle. Uh, there's a group of people in our society that you can rip on, and that's men my age. You guys, could, you could print anything in the paper, give your opinion piece, that Dan Seaborn's, that, that age group, especially white men like me, you have failed, you're miserable, etc. Society says to you, say it, just rip them, etc. And what's happening is, what's happening, I'm watching it. And this has nothing to do with me being bothered about it, because I would agree I fail. But what's happened is there's this subtle little shift I'm watching right now where all of a sudden, you ladies in society are being told, you're going to be the answer for it all. You're going to be the executives that run the company that run it amazingly much better than I could have run it. You're going to be an incredible mom. You're going to balance it all. You're going to be able to take care of the kids too. So after you finish doing that managing all day, you got to go home. you got to be ultimate mom. you got to take care of everything. Oh, and by the way, you work out and take care of yourself. You are just amazing. You, you spin plates that I can't believe nobody else can spin. You are amazing. And we're cheering. Society's going, you got it. You can do this. And I talk to moms, and here's what they tell me. I'm worn out. I can't do this too much pressure see how subtle that is it's real subtle society comes along and says meet our meet our expectations and Woo! but if you fail if you fail you've let us down and i want i want to tell you something that's again allowing peoples and words control your purpose on this earth there's some mom listening today there's a mom listening right now in this service you don't talk about it, but you're beeping. You're beeping. And you don't know how you're going to manage it at all. I know because I had one walk up to me not long ago, just burst into tears. I can't do all this. The company expects me to do this, and I got to do it perfectly, and I can't be emotional. And then I got to go home and be this ultimate mom, and I got to take care of all the kids' needs. And then I got to work out, and I got to make sure I look beautiful, etc. I can't do it all. Right. And, and I want to tell you, God doesn't put that on you. Society does. As a mom, know your boundaries. Know your purpose given to you by God. Be the best at it you can be. And then stop trying to make everybody happy. Fulfill what God has called you to do. This applies, of course, to everybody in the room. Fits everybody, but I'm just saying, I'm watching our society do something to moms right now that's not fair. And to women in general, that's not fair. The expectations are bizarre. And I'm taking it off you today by saying, you fulfill what God has for you. For some of you, that might mean you make a career change and you fulfill that. If that's what you feel peace with God, big thumbs up from those who are around you. Because I want you to understand your purpose in life, when you finish, 
You will, you will not, on your final day, you will not stand before some company president. You will not stand before some mayor of the city. You will stand before God Almighty. That's who I want to be accountable to, and that's who I want to live to please and serve and honor. And I challenge you to look at your life and say, am I doing that? Am I pleasing God? Is he getting time with me? Is he getting what he needs from me? Am I doing the things God has called me to do? And it only took me 58 years to figure this out for myself. But I no longer do what I do to try to make people happy. This sermon itself, I've written this in the last couple of weeks. This Lord, what are you showing me? What have I discovered that I did not see before? And the big one is, your purpose, Dan, was solidified when I made you and made you in my image. Your purpose is not fulfilled by what the people of Rockford say about you, by what anybody says, Pastor Doug loves me, but his words to me are not what fulfill me. It is God Almighty making me in his image and calling me to do what I do for him. That is enough. And I want you to leave here today knowing if you fulfill the purpose God put on your heart and you give him your time, that is enough. And third, and as soon as it comes up, it just looks like something we talk about all the time, trust him completely. That is such a great Christian phrase. Well, trust him completely. Well, you got going through a trouble. Trust him completely. This sounds like a little cliche phrase. I'm asking you a very serious question. Those of you who are beeping today. The situation and circumstance that's making you beep. Do you trust God with it? I mean, do you really trust God with it? You know, I've been role playing out in my life. Those things that can worry me, that kind of thing. I've been thinking when I drive by myself or whatever, I'll go, okay, what would be if the worst case scenario happened? Paint, paint the worst case scenario. And then I go, I'll still be okay. If you went to Paul and said, Paul, listen, for preaching the gospel and all that stuff, you're going to end up in jail. I think Paul would go, okay. Well, then I'll trust the Lord that at that spot, he's got something for me. So some of you are sitting in a circumstance today, you go, this cannot be the best for me. Really? Really? I, would, I could have easily said that three or four years ago when our family was going through great turmoil and trial and, and Jane and I weren't sleeping at night. If somebody come to me and say, God's got you here on purpose, it would have been easy for me to go, really? Really? Well, he must not know what he's doing. But then two years later, I go, I guess you did know what you're doing, God. You made me a better man. You made me and my wife more secure in you. Jane and I can handle stuff better than we used to. Why? Because I allowed the Lord to mature me through it. Because we did not run and tuck our tail and walk away. I had a good pastor friend who, his family went through some trials. He walked away from his faith. He won't even talk to me anymore. And I look and I go, I don't want to do that. Because I feel for him. He's hurting. He doesn't know what to do. He has no hope right now. It's because he ran away from God. It's the Jonah thing. You can, run to, you can run wherever you want to run, but you can't get away from God because remember, He created the whole earth we're running on. So today, I invite you, take a look at your life. If you're beeping like crazy and you don't know how to manage it, in fact, you saw coming here for an hour, not only gave you an hour air conditioner, but you found yourself coming in going, it just gets me away from the hellhole I call home. 
What if you embraced it? What if you embraced your circumstance saying, Lord, I do not like this, but I'm going to be content right here believing you have a purpose in why I'm going through this. And I'm going to accept that I can trust you completely even when I can't see the end game. I do not have situations in my family and in my life and at my work all figured out. I got some things today that if you walked up on stage and said, Dan, what really troubles you? I can tell you four or five that just trouble me, bug me, irritate me. Um, if I let myself go down the road, can make me just angry. And I have to trust those to the Lord because I can't do anything about them. I can't manipulate them. I can't change them. They are there. And I want to be the kind of person that says, okay, Lord, if that's what you choose for me, I'm going to embrace that spot. And doggone it, I'm going to see this spot as a chance for me to get deeper in you. Because if I can do all things through you, then I can do this one too. Most of us would like that verse to say, I can do most of the things through Christ who gives me strength. The verse says, I can do all things. What's your all thing? Put it all at his feet. You're here and you're 15. Put it all there. But Daniel, you understand, my friend, put it all there. You're in a marriage situation right now. You cannot, no matter what you've tried, it's just not seeming to work and not changing. Stick it right at his feet again. Say, God, I'm putting it all at your feet. I'm going to live here and bring joy to your name, even though I don't like it. That's trusting him completely that he has a bigger plan you cannot see. And I want to tell you, um, Pastor Doug mentioned Hebrews, the passage where it honors all of our saints, all those who went before us that set the example of faith. By faith, Enoch walked with God. By faith, Noah. By faith, Moses. By faith. Do you guys remember any of the story of Moses? Do you remember it wasn't always perfect? Do you remember as a little boy <laughs> how that whole thing started? God has a big picture. And I say to you today, I'm not there yet, but I'm discovering what my life verse was. I can do all things through Christ, even the things I don't like. I'm inviting you today to look at your life. And if you've got some circumstance or some situation that you go, I don't like this, I'm inviting you to embrace it. And say, Lord, I'm going to live your love and your grace into that situation. And I'm going to try to set an example for those who are following me. My real favorite people on this earth are the ones who made it through all their crap and still look joyful. And when I talk to them, they bring joy to my heart because they just look. Now, how'd you get through that? Mm, the Lord. Well, that had not to be easy. Just a smile. I think about when I visited with a guy who was in his 90s, and I knew he'd been through a real tough stuff. And when I said, you still seem joyful, it was this. Just a slow, wry smile. Almost like, I choose to be. Today, it could be some of you choose to be. Because let me remind you, when Jesus was hanging on his cross, he chose that for you. So as you take these thoughts, 
and these ideas personal for your own life, I trust it's moved you closer to the Lord, that you've had a moment where you've drawn yourself near to Jesus and you're finding yourself continue to grow in your walk with him. Let's keep doing that. Let's use this time in our life to grow wiser and deeper in the Lord God Almighty. Bless your day. Thank you again for supporting us here at Winning at Home. We are, like you, getting back into some norms and so grateful for that. And we appreciate your continued support as we continue to seek to do ministry, make a difference for the Lord Jesus Christ in families in this area and beyond. Thank you for your support and for being a part of Winning at Home. May the Lord bless you through this summertime.